It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. We are now four days away from legal tampering in the NFL, one of the worst terms ever, but I don't know what what the hell else to call it. That means free agency in the new league year is right around the corner, Tom Brawley, and uh, we're excited for it because that means we can start building our projections and everything for the 2021 NFL season at FantasyPoints.com. My name's Joe Dolan, and I'm with Tom Brawley as we uh, do the second part, Tom, of our two-part free agency preview series here on the Fantasy Points Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening, and just really quick, want to remind people to go to FantasyPoints.com. You have well, about 50 days left to subscribe to our early bird special. It expires May 1st, uh, end of the NFL draft, our early bird special, which is 20% off, expires. So you want to make sure you get in on that. Hey, if you want to subscribe in July and give us more money, please do. Good for me, but bad for you. Uh, and our draft guide, which uh, we'll be releasing towards the end of the month, beginning of April, with all of Greg Cosell's profiles, some Devi ranks from Wes Huber, uh, and a staff mock draft. That will be available in April, and it's $25 up at FantasyPoints.com. So, Tom, uh, the draft is right around the corner, uh, but free agency. Uh, free agency is amazing because we talk about it like, oh, my God, where could all these guys go? Who's going to sign this guy? And then it's over in, like, three days. And then, and then you're like, well, so much for that. Time for the draft. But um, – we got to speculate here, Tom, and what we're going to do on this podcast is wide receivers and tight ends. If you go back on our podcast feed, we did quarterbacks and running backs already this week, talking about some of the top guys and where an ideal landing spot might be. But, Tom, uh, we, we did these previews last week, which are available to read for free at FantasyPoints.com. You don't even need a login to read them. Um, just go to FantasyPoints.com and click on the free agency section. But we have all the, the, the free agents broken down here. Anybody who's got uh, – uh, who's got some sort of panache uh, we have a write-up for. Um, the thing Even some made- guys that don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely for sure. We, we, are, we are never brief uh, at FantasyPoints.com. But, uh, Tom, one of the things that we have done uh, is, is also uh, been updating these with guys who have been franchise tagged, uh, guys who have been released. As we've seen a lot of veteran cuts just yesterday, Tom, the wide receiver pool added a couple of uh, – really talented players in John Brown and Emmanuel Sanders who are north of 30 uh, as their teams look to uh, create some cap space. So how are you doing today, my friend, before we uh, before we really get going on these wide receivers? I mean, I could be better. Uh, you know, I, I prepped all week for the Players' Championship, oh. my DFS and stuff, and then Tony Finau goes out and he's about six or seven over par as, as we're taping this, and I have Patrick Cantley as well. So, uh, you know, I've been better, but, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of football here, I, you know, I'm ready to go. Uh, the field, as you said, it, it's getting a little better. We got, you know, John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Golden Tate in the last uh, week or so added to the to the free agency uh, pool here. Uh, we did lose Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, but, uh, you know, we also kind of got Kenny Galladay thrown back into the mix yeah. as well. I thought he would get franchise tagged by the Lions, but apparently they're, uh, you know, you know, it's great for our purposes. That means he can land somewhere where, you know, it could have a bigger impact. Uh, and it, it's almost like the Lions are maybe starting their tank a little bit early. You know, they're they're like leaning into this tank potentially. 
Uh, going to get that comp pick for him. Oh, and, my God. Uh, they're going to be know, terrible. It's going to be Tyrell Williams and I don't know Quintus who else. Cephas? Quintus Cephas. I hope TJ Hawkinson uh, yes. works on his cardio this offseason. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did slide him up a bit in my best ball rankings here the, the last couple of days. So, uh, yeah, a little little bit of uh, shakeup at, at wide receiver. Not, not too much uh, happening at tight end. Uh, Hunter Henry didn't get the franchise tag and – uh, yeah, there was some thought John U. Smith might, but uh, both those guys are, are headed to the open market here. So it's uh, setting up to be a pretty I, – I think these are two pretty good classes in terms of, uh, you know, guys that can make an impact for fantasy next season. So I, here's what I think is really funny, Tom. Um, because I now, draft Knicks really do – they do focus on age when, when uh, guys are coming out of the draft. Um, but I think the general public doesn't really give a crap about that. Like it, it's not one of those things. It's it, that that people are really overly focused on when you're just doing, and and frankly, me too. When you're just crunching for the draft in the month leading up to it. Oh, I like this guy. Oh, he's 22. Uh, I don't care that he's 22. There's a guy who's 20, and eh, you know that's that's nifty, but I don't really care. I think it's hilarious that Kenny Galladay and Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster were in the same draft class. They're hitting free agency at the same time. Galladay is 28, and Juju is 24. Uh, Juju, Juju turns 25 in November. So uh, they're the Maybe same. Maybe one of my, my other favorite one, you know, just doing these up, Allen Robinson is essentially the same age as Kenny Galladay. He's been in the league since 2014. So, uh, you know, Galladay broke in. Uh, that was the 2017 class. So just the uh, – I, I just liked, you know, writing those three up and seeing their ages. Uh, you know, it's you know, quite the discrepancy. I, you know, I don't know if that is something that's necessarily going to hurt Galladay's market, but – you know, he's already, you know, this is just four years into his career. And, he, you know, this might be his last chance for a big contract already. You, exactly. don't, usually, you don't usually say that about a guy that's uh, heading into his fifth season. So, like, somebody like Juju, for instance, Tom, if, if this salary cap situation kind of hurts him where teams like, we'll pay you big, but only for a year or two, Juju can probably say, you know what, sure, and then I'll hit the market again. Or maybe, maybe I'm looking at it from the wrong angle maybe juju's like i'll take the 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 four-year deal now and i'll be 28 by the time i hit the market again whereas kenny galladay might be like no pay me big this year and this year alone and i want to hit the market again when the salary cap goes up so i don't know how these guys are going to look at it but I wouldn't be shocked to see some of these higher-end free agents, whether they're older like Galladay or younger like Juju, take a one- or two-year deal and try to cash in when the salary cap goes back up next year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be – I'm thinking for Galladay that he's going to look for the big contract. He's kind of the big name now that, yeah. uh, you know, Allen Robinson's out of the mix and, uh, you know, Chris Godwin's out of the mix. You know, I, I think Juju – uh, the the situation in Pittsburgh, I, you know, I, I thought he was as good as gone uh, at the end of the season. Of course, I'm a Steelers fan. I kind of followed a little closer than, than most teams there. But, you know, with Ben restructuring his contract, you know, he's still, you know, really young here, 24 years old, as you said. Uh, you know, I think there's more of a chance maybe he takes just a one-year deal, runs it back one last time with Pittsburgh there. Uh, with Big Ben and then, you know, kind of see, you know, he, he sees where the market's at next year, maybe uh, makes his move there. I, you know, I still lean towards him leaving in free agency, but I, I do think that's more on the table now with Juju and Pittsburgh here. 
Yeah, so Galladay's going to hit the open market, Tom. And and without, like, going out and just, like, trying to say where these guys are good fits, it's hard for me at the wide receiver position. And, and I'm going to tell you why. It, it's because any team can use a good wide receiver. Like, when we're talking about um, the running back position, Tom, like, I, you know a team like the Colts isn't going to sign Jonathan, uh, isn't going to sign Aaron Jones because they, they have a young foundation back you know that's not coming it's easier to pick you know a team that's not going to spend big at the running back position at the wide receiver position it's kind of hard for me to come out with like ideal landing spots because any team could decide hey we're going to try to get hey we have two good receivers let's get a third we have one good receiver let's get a second it's not necessarily a team that doesn't have any good receivers who is going to be the they might be the most desperate but that might not be the most ideal landing spot for one of these guys to pick. And when it comes to Kenny Galladay, I, I know the Chiefs are in kind of cap hell here, Tom. They just released both their starting tackles. But, I mean, could Kenny Galladay go to a team like the Chiefs who, I mean, uh, you, you look at the Chiefs and you're like, well, they sure as hell don't need them. But when you realize they have no consistent production on the outside, right, receiver outside of Tyreek Hill, maybe it does fit. So you look at these teams and and – I wouldn't be shocked if some of these bigger names, Galladay, Juju, Will Fuller, goes to a team that you weren't necessarily predicting. Yeah, and the other part of that is, you know, there's just so many receivers on the field at one time. You know, there's only one running back that's, you know, can really get the playing time on each snap. You know, uh, any given snap, there's two to four, you know, and sometimes five receivers on the field. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, obviously I don't think, a team that already has kind of like a, a dominant number one, you know, you know what you think of as a number one perimeter receiver. Uh, you know, I don't think teams are going to be too interested in Galladay, but uh, you know, it's not like those guys are growing on trees either. Uh, there's there's going to be certainly a big market for him. Uh, you know, I, a couple situations that, you know, jump right to the top of my head would be, you know, down in Miami, uh, yeah. both the New York teams and, you know, even a team like Baltimore, uh, that, that kind of need that top perimeter receiver uh, right now. So, uh, you know, I, I now with Robinson out of the mix, uh, Galladay, I think will be sought after here. You know, his kind of his combination of size, you know, he's 6'4", uh, 4'5", speed. Uh, you know, he's been one of the best deep threats and one of the best end zone uh, uh, targets here whenever he's been on the field. And, you know, last year was kind of a weird year. He had that, picked up that hip injury. They never placed him on the injured reserve, which, you know, it's, it, I don't, you know, I don't know what happened there. If he was kind of looking out for his own best interest, mm -hmm. maybe the Lions didn't want to rush him back. I, you know, I don't know what was going on there. It was a little bit, a uh, little bit head scratching for anybody that, you know, rostered uh, Kenny Galladay in fantasy last year. But, uh, you know, regardless, uh, you know, if, as long as his medicals check out, I, I think he's primed here to, to pick where he wanted to be, wants to be. And, uh, will be a you know he he'll be right on that verge of uh, you know wide receiver one uh, high end wide receiver two for fantasy I think next year. Uh, so let's and but I do want to go back to a point you made where you said well I don't think a team with like a big time number one receiver is going to necessarily pursue Kenny Galladay. Are we a hundred percent sure of that? Because one of the teams Tom that I'm looking at that has a lot of cap space is the Arizona Cardinals. And Christian Kirk has been frustratingly inconsistent. Um, I mean, could you see that? Like, like that that's where I'm getting at where you're like, maybe it's not the spot. Everybody's going to say, oh, the Patriots need a receiver and the Colts. I expect the Colts are going to spend at the position. But what about the Cardinals? Like, could they, could they say, you know what? As opposed to a reunion with John Brown, who's north of 30, 
do you want to go for this thing? We just signed J.J. Watt. We're going to try to win a Super Bowl. I, that would certainly be interesting, and they they desperately need to do something at receiver, but I, I just don't see the fit. You know, Hopkins is, you know, the last, like, six, seven years, yeah. he's a guy that commands over 150 targets a game. Uh, you know, not a game, a season there. Uh, you know, basically around that 10 to 11, uh, you know, targets per game mark. Uh, I, I I don't know if Galladay necessarily wants to, you know, maybe maybe it would be a one or year two, you know, term deal there, but I, I just don't see that being too appealing for Kenny Galladay, you know, being that he can yeah. basically choose where he lands. I think he wants to go somewhere, you know, where he can really be the number one guy. I, I you know, the this Colts is his one make chance. Sense there. Yeah, the Colts would make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, he's going to have his picking here. So, uh, you know, and there's a lot of teams with a, a lot of cap space that, that have needs at receiver here. Uh, uh, let's talk Juju, by the way, because he's predominantly a slot receiver. It doesn't mean he can't play out slide, but Tom, I mean, 85% of his routes came out of the slot last year. I mean, they, they play him inside as a big slot in the, in the Marcus Colston mold. Uh, does that limit his market? Or does somebody say, nah, he's been misused. I'm going to put him at X. I don't know. It's an interesting question. Yeah, I, I think he can play more on the outside. He just really hasn't been needed to play there. The, the Steelers have had Antonio Brown and, uh, you know, uh, Deontay Johnson here the last two years. Uh, you know, James Washington on the outside. So they, they've had the need more inside. And, you know, he's played it well. We actually haven't really, you know, you know coming out of college, he, he did play a lot on the perimeter. Uh, you know, he did some on the, in the slot as well, but um, you know that 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 is the million dollar question. Will will teams be viewing him as a guy that can play on the perimeter, or if not, I mean, if they if teams think he is just a slot only type of player, uh, you know, that could limit the market a little bit. But uh, you know, the the Dolphins seem like a team that really need a slot receiver. Uh, they they were really struggling at that spot last year with. Uh, you know, Albert Wilson going through, you know, I, uh, Lynn Bowden and uh, they, they were going through guys there. They, uh, you know, they even brought back uh, Isaiah Ford and, uh, you know, they, they were running through receivers by the end of the season. So uh, that's a spot that makes a lot of sense to me. And, uh, you know, if, if Tua is the guy, you know, he's not a guy that really pushes the ball downfield. He needs those receivers that can win in the short to intermediate areas. So uh, I would think that Juju would make a lot of sense down in Miami. Mm-hmm. Will Fuller's a free agent, Tom. Now, of course, uh, Will Fuller stays healthy and then gets popped for PEDs. Uh, I believe he's going to have to miss the first two games of the uh, of the 2021 just, season. Just the first one. I think he served just, the just first. Okay. Yeah, he served the, the first five. Uh, That's not going to affect his market too much uh, at all. Uh, um, here is, I, I mean, Tom, I think everybody's going to say the logical landing fit for Will Fuller is, is the Green Bay Packers. Because they they had trade talks with them. Now there is a team that needs a, a consistent talent opposite uh, Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard had some injury problems. He's not a great athlete, but he was kind of more reliable than Valdez Scantling, who made some splash plays, Tom. But also, I mean, Valdez Scantling's lowlights tape is as explosive as his highlights tape, quite frankly, with some of the bad drops he had. You would think the Packers would want to uh, they're on the doorstep of the Super Bowl two years in a row give Aaron Rodgers another weapon as he looks to defend his MVP season oh I know we we were thinking the same thing last year Joe and then they didn't do anything you know Devin Funches was their big off-season move at receiver and tight end last year so uh we're back in that same spot I I hope they do something to address this 
you know, that, uh, I mean, that would be an ideal landing spot. Uh, you know, he, he's excelled in that number two receiver role next to DeAndre Hopkins last, uh, you know, the, to, to start his career. Last year, he, he did show that he can be a, a true number one, though. I mean, uh, you know, his full, you know, route tree was on display last year. Uh, you know, he won, you know, in the inter- intermediate part of the field. Um, you know, so he wasn't just a vertical threat. So uh, I think he opened up his market some, even if he did end up hurting it with the PED usage. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that, you know, comes back to bite him at all with, uh, you know, in terms of the contract that he's able to get. But, you know, he's the kind of player, uh, him more than a Galladay, I think, you know, he, he fits basically anywhere you want him. Uh, if you want Anybody him to Anybody can use speed. Exactly. If you want to use him as the number two next to a, a dominant number one, he showed he can do it. Uh, if a team looks at him as a number one white type of wide receiver, uh, you know, he showed last year that he could do that. He was a, a top seven, uh, you know, he was the wide receiver seven, I believe, before uh, wide receiver eight before he uh, got popped uh, after 11 games there. So, um, you know, the, the talent level is off the charts. It's just been, you know, the questions about the durability. And uh, last year, he, he finally showed that he could stay healthy and you know, maybe that's a sign of things to come. He, he maybe figured something out. Uh, hopefully he can uh, replicate it this offseason without the use of uh, performance-enhancing drugs. But, uh, you know, certainly helped his market with his performance last year. Uh, Tom, the guy who I think will uh, maybe uh, – a team that's trying – a team that would be interested in Galladay – uh, let, let's put it that way. A team that would be interested in Galladay or maybe uh, is like, it falls second to Galladay and, and they're the runner-up to his whims or is a little more cash-strapped and doesn't want to spend as much as it'll cost to get Galladay, I think Corey Davis will probably be um, interest that team. And, hey, I, I think there's been enough information over the years to prove that the whole contract year thing is kind of a myth. But boy, did Corey Davis do his best to try to disprove that this year? Because I mean, he looked like a a top five draft pick bust, and then he became a massive, massive success for the Titans. Tom, who probably now are regretting not picking up his fifth year option after uh, 985 yards and five touchdowns uh, on just 92 targets this season, um, uh, while missing two games. So he would have gone over a thousand yards. It was a heck of a season for Corey Davis. And he has proven Tom that he can produce alongside another big time receiver in AJ Brown. Yeah. I, I don't know if many people saw, you know, his performance coming last year, you know, certainly the Titans didn't, uh, you know, that, that, that is a decision they're, they're ruining right now. Uh, cause they could be losing both Corey Davis and John U. Smith, who we'll, we'll touch on here in a little bit. Uh, and they're, you know, they're so cash strapped that, uh, you know, they're going to try to bring him back, but they, they have their top concerns are at pass rusher. I mean, and, and even their secondary. So uh, th- that's where, you know, they have limited resources to spend. And I think that's where it's going to be. So uh, Davis is, you know, his market is going to be fascinating. I mean, guy that's, you know, underperformed, you know, most of his career and then breaks out last year. But, you know, even last year, I mean, you know, doing this for fantasy, like, you know, there were several games where he just disappeared. I mean, including their, you know, their playoff loss to the Ravens. He didn't even, didn't even have a catch in that game. So, uh, you know, he still battled some bouts of inconsistency, but, uh, you know, showed some real high upside as well. You know, five games up over a hundred yards receiving last year. So, uh, you know, top five talent, uh, you know, he, he, he was coming out of, uh, you know, central Michigan there and, uh, you know, was drafted, you know, he, 
he he has all the talent in the world. I, I'm sure some team is going to view him as yeah. potentially an ascending player, uh, a guy that has the potential to jump from being a wide receiver two to a, a number one wide receiver in an offense. So uh, his market's going to be fascinating to me. I, I think I think some team will, will take the chance, and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little bit more money than uh, you know than anticipated. Uh, you know, I don't think it will be in the Galladay range, but. Uh, you know, I think it could be a step or two right below. Yeah, uh, and and right, like the, somebody like Indianapolis, Baltimore uh, could be interested in Corey Davis. You know, th- this is again, does he want to be the guy, or does he want the most money? Does he want the best chance to win? And that's that's where you just don't know exactly what's coming in. You know, Tom, another team that could use a receiver on the outside, I think, is Cleveland. You know, Beckham's coming off the injury. He's been a massive disappointment for them. Jarvis Landry's great, but he's getting up there in age and he's a slot. So, you know, Cleveland's another team that could be trying to load up for a run. So it's not just the Jaguars and the Jets and the Patriots, these teams that need receivers who have all this cap space, but, you know, some of the teams down the board who could contend, uh, who could could look for, for something interesting to do. And if you want interesting, Tom, the last guy who we're really going to break down here, mm-hmm. we're going to mention some other names, but the last guy we're going to break down is Curtis Samuel. Young um, was utterly just disastrously misused under the last coaching staff that he was he was miscast as just a deep threat in 2019, which was just an awful way to use this guy. Joe Brady uh, helped unlock Curtis Samuel last year. 77 catches, 851, three touchdowns, but Tom, 200 rushing yards and two touchdowns on 41 carries. I don't know how you look at the player Curtis Samuel was in college and even at points early in his NFL career and decide in 2019 the way the Panthers did to use him as just a deep threat. Just a horrific misuse of a good young player. And I think Curtis Samuel, do not be surprised if he gets like one of the two or three biggest contracts from this group. Yeah, uh, and it's fascinating because the the team that's kind of been linked to him the most is Washington, which is, you know, obviously Ron Rivera, uh, you know, Marty Herney in Washington, and they drafted him. But it was kind of under their watch that they misused him a bit. I mean, uh, you know, Scott Turner's running the offense now. It was his dad in in Carolina that used him as just a, a, you know, basically as a deep threat, uh, you know, in 2019. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, Scott Turner seems like he's a bit more innovative. He, you know, he did some uh, interesting things with, uh, you know, J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson last year. Uh, you know, really, you know, they, they were playing, you know, behind the deck there with their quarterback situation with Dwayne Haskins and, uh, you know, everything that was going on at, at quarterback last year. So, uh, you know, we'll see if that's the spot that, that's been the, the, the top rumored spot for him. But, uh, you know, whoever picks him up, I would hope that they, you know, took a close look at him, uh, you know, at the way that uh, Joe Brady u- was using him last year. Uh, kind of like, you know, just, just the way he was used at Ohio State. Uh, you know, give him, give him touches as a runner, uh, give him touches around the line of scrimmage, and, you know, you can take that occasional deep shot. Uh, he st- certainly has the speed to get vertical. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, he should never be used as a deep threat, but, uh, you know, but his primary usage, get him in the slot, get him in the backfield, give him carries, you know, you know, just get him the ball. I mean, that, you know, that's, he's kind of, you know, took over kind of that Percy Harvin, Harvin type role. So you know, we'll see where he lands. I, I just hope for his purposes and for fantasy purposes that uh, he lands with a coach that's innovative enough to, to get the proper usage out of him. 
Uh, Tom, this class just takes a nosedive after some of these guys, um, but it has gotten beefed up a little bit with some of the releases uh, recently. Um, uh, John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders should get some should get some interest. Again, this is going to be a high mercenary year in the NFL. I think a lot of these guys are going to end up on one or two year deals with teams that are trying to load up for a Super Bowl. You, you see Antonio Brown, he's going to go back to Tampa, you would expect. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. I could see him going back to the Colts and the Colts signing somebody else. Marvin Jones clearly is going to move on from Detroit. Nelson Aguilar, it might be one of the more interesting names out there. Um, I, I think teams might be a little reticent to give Aguilar a big contract, but you know, talent has never been the issue with Nelson Aguilar. We just know in Philadelphia, his consistency was maddening, especially with his hands, but he had a really good year for Vegas. So he might actually get one of the more interesting contracts on this market. Yeah, I mean, you know, a guy like Sammy Watkins is back out in the market. It's going to be fascinating. There's just a bunch of older guys in their 30s that I think still have, you know, some juice left. Uh, You know, even Manny Sanders last year, you know, he played really well when Michael Thomas was out of the lineup. So uh, a lot of guys that can still help, you know, they're probably past the prime of their careers, but uh certainly guys that could fill in at number two number three wide receiver spots and uh you know they'll, they'll be difficult to rank for us next year going into new situations but uh, i think uh, you know marvin jones is you know kind of been rumored with the rams playing. there potentially following matthew stafford there uh colts are going to be in play for some of these guys uh miami is too uh the ty hilton uh to miami would be fascinating he's uh, of course mr miami uh, you know, grew up in Miami, played at FIU and, uh, you know, has an affinity for the area. So, uh, you know, a lot of fascinating guys that can still make impacts, but might be, you know, a guy we didn't even say who was awful last year, AJ Green. Uh, maybe he just, you know, kind of needs a little bit of a change of scenery. He seemed uh, disinterested at points the last couple of years. So, uh, but, you know, the big question with him is, you know, have injuries, those, you know, the ankle and foot issues from 2018 and 2019, have they, just sapped his uh, explosiveness. So uh, I'm sure he's going to get a look from somebody, but uh, the, the, these older veterans, it's going to be an interesting class. And I wouldn't even, you know, there's a chance that it could get it even a little bit bigger here. Uh, you know, we saw John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, Golden Tate. Uh, you know, we got a couple more days until free agency starts. So there might be another older receiver or two that, uh, you know, gets axed here uh, as teams look to get underneath the cap and uh, to be more flexible once free agency starts next week. And we will be tracking that up at fantasypoints.com, Tom, when all these moves happen. And for our big ones, uh, I want Graham Barfield to get well, by the way. But for the big ones, he'll probably be covering them uh, uh, for uh, just like if, if Kenny Galladay signs somewhere, he'll break that down with a separate breakout article. But you and I will be running the free agency tracker. It'll be a lot of fun. We're going to go to Ben Kukanis for a word from our sponsors, Tom. And then we're going to wrap up our free agency preview series with a look at a pretty interesting tight end class. Thank you very much, Ben. It was good to hear from you, my friend. And Tom, let's go to the tight ends. There was talk that there could be two guys in this class who might get franchised. That would be Hunter Henry. That would be Jonu Smith. Neither guy got franchised. And they head up a, I wouldn't say a great free agent tight end class, Tom, but at least an interesting one where you would expect Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith are going to get money that would indicate we expect you to be our number one tight end here in 2021 and going forward. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, then there's some older guys in this class as well. Uh, and, and a guy like Gerald Everett here, a little further down the list, uh, he was kind of stuck in a situation where, you know, he wasn't, you know, fully used, in, you know, playing with Tyler Higby. So he's a second round talent. So I think there's some intriguing guys here, uh, guys that maybe haven't gotten the, uh, you know, gotten the best, you know, the teams haven't gotten the best out of them in their, you know, first four or five years in the league. Uh, I, I still think Johnny Smith uh, has some untapped potential. We, you know, we got to see him a little bit at the beginning of the year and then he kind of disappeared. They used him more as an inline blocker and we're getting Anthony Ferkser more involved, you know, down the stretch as a receiver. So I think he has some untapped potential. Uh, Gerald Everett is the, the same deal. And, and some older guys like Jared Cook, uh, I, I fully expect Robert Ga- Rob Gronkowski to go back to Tampa, but uh, you know, some older guys that still have something left in the tank as well. And Tom, uh, let, let's talk about Jonu Smith, who I think is pretty interesting. Everybody's going to connect him to the Patriots, right? Because uh, yep. he, Bill Belichick called him the best tight end after the catch in the game, uh, after the, the Titans beat him, uh, before rather, before the Titans beat him in their playoff game uh, last year, Tom Brady's final game with the Patriots. Um, and the Patriots need everything. Uh, <laughs> yes, as the skill do. position players, quite frankly. So Johnny Smith's going to be connected there. Um, Tom, do you see there being a chance Johnny Smith gets more money than Hunter Henry? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think it could be close, but I, I think Henry has the better pedigree, uh, more consistent production throughout, you know, to start his career. But uh, Smith is going to be fascinating. You know, I, another team that I, I, I kind of gave him, I, 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 pigeon, I, I picked him for them is uh, the Jaguars. I think that they could be very interested. You know, obviously they've gotten close looks at him the last couple of years. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, they're going to be drafting him number one overall. Urban Meyer's looking to beef up the, uh, you know, his receiving core for him. So uh, very interesting potential there. But uh, Smith, yeah, (laughs) he was a a top tight end last year, finished tight end 13. It, It felt a little underwhelming just the way it ended. Uh, never reached 500 receiving yards or 45 catches in a season uh, in his first four years there in Tennessee, which is – I don't think most people would know that, uh, yeah. you know, just because of, he had some really big blow-up games uh, over the last two years. But, you know, just the, the – he was maddeningly inconsistent. I mean, uh, just some real, you know, goose eggs, you know, mixed into that, uh, uh, you know, game sample there over the last two years. So – I think it's going to be a pretty interesting market for him. But, yeah, I, I would lean towards Henry having just a, a little bit bigger uh, yeah. you know, market this this, this uh, yeah. next week there. It's kind of funny. We look at Jonu Smith as having untapped potential. Um, by the way, you, you came up with an amazing stat here. Through his first four games in 2020, Jonu Smith had 70.1 <laughs> fantasy points through four games. He scored exactly 70.1 fantasy points in his final 11 games. So there you go. Blow up and then he completely disappeared. We talk about him having untapped potential. Is it a draft capital thing? Because I got to be honest, Tom, Hunter Henry's done some good things in the NFL, but I feel like I'm struggling to like remember a single game where I'm like, oh yeah, Hunter Henry made that play. And it feels like Jonu Smith has those games. Like Jonu Smith has those games where you're like, wow, they handed him the ball out of the backfield and he busted off a long run. And I mean, have you, <laughs> this is, this is very purely anecdotal, but yeah. can you like remember a single play Hunter Henry has made? <laughs> no, not at all. I, I'm trying to think of one. I mean, he's, 
he, you know, he's clearly talented. Uh, you know, injuries have been an issue. You know, of course, had that ACL tear back before the 2018 season. Uh, you know, he actually came back and played in, in a playoff game in January that uh, same season. But, uh, you know, he, he scored the eight touchdowns playing next to Antonio Gates in his rookie year. And it was like, oh, my God, this guy is going to be a top five fantasy receiver every year going forward once it's Zach Antonio- Ertz style, right? Yeah, yeah like, you know, like once Antonio Ertz, Gates yeah. is gone, it's like wide open for him. And, you know, Mike Williams has been there. Keenan Allen is a ball hog. Uh, Austin Eckler is certainly, uh, you know, right up there with Alvin Kamara in terms of, uh, you know, receiving backs. So uh, he just seems to get lost a bit in the shuffle in L.A. And unfortunately, I think L.A. is probably going to do everything they can to keep him around kind of keep that nucleus intact for Justin Herbert. Uh, Honestly, I'd probably like it better if he went somewhere where he could be like the clear cut, uh, you know, maybe a one B behind a, you know, a top receiver, but uh, you know, he's kind of, he kind of gets lost in the mix a little bit with the LA. I I don't know if it's, you know, his doing or just the way the offenses have been run the last couple of years. And, uh, but I have a tough time getting real excited for him going back to LA, but I, I think that's, probably is what's going to happen. Gerald Everett, interesting guy, athletic guy. Um, I wonder if you can like almost draw a comparison to Martellus Bennett. In in that, Martellus Bennett, when he started with the Cowboys, was the number two tight end behind Jason Witten, and he flashed, but he never got a chance to break out. And then he ended up playing in the league forever. Um, and when he finally got his shot to be a number one tight end, you wonder if Gerald Everett is in that mold, Tom, and you picked out, I think, just a perfect landing spot for him. Cincinnati. Yeah. Exactly. Zach Taylor knows yep. him. Yeah, and they need a tight end. Uh, they need to surround Joe Burrow with oh, offensive linemen, first and foremost, but weapons. Uh, and I think Gerald Everett would be a perfect fit there. And I think that's an upside play for him, and he'd probably get a few more dollars than he'd get somewhere else. Yeah, it seems like a good spot. We saw Cincinnati spend a little bit of money. They're, they're, they've been notoriously stingy in free agency, but you know, last year they made some moves to try to upgrade their defense. So uh, it seems like you know they're a little bit more willing to, to upgrade through free agency, and uh, it would make a lot of sense. CJ Uzoma, uh, you know, he was playing decent to start last year. And then he uh, tore his Achilles pretty early in the year. So, uh, you know, he's going to be in a rush just to be ready for the beginning of the year. They certainly could use an up, you know, I think Everett would be an upgrade over him. So, you know, th- th- that's one interesting spot. I could also see maybe like a team like Buffalo uh, that's continuing to look to upgrade. You know, they, they cut uh, John Brown, but uh, they're going to want to bring in another weapon for Josh Allen here this, this off season. Maybe it's at tight end. Dawson Knox, uh, you know, we've been expecting a little bit more out of him the first two seasons, a bit of a disappointment. Uh, But, you know, it it is still early there. So, uh, you know, if they decide that they want to upgrade that spot, uh, I could see Gerald Everett being an option there in Buffalo. Uh, Tom, there's some other uh, veterans out there. Um, Rob Gronkowski is going to go back to the Bucs. Um, I, I don't like I, I would I be shocked if he didn't. He, he won't go. Unless he retires, which he said he doesn't want to, he's going back to the Bucs. Uh, Jared Cook, his 34, um, he's somebody who a contender could sign on for a year to try to, uh, you know, get a Super Bowl run out of him. Um, and then we go down the board a little bit. Kyle Rudolph got released. Delaney Walker's going to play this year at 37 oh, years old. Uh, he was injured, and then COVID kind of was like, uh, let's take the year off, get healthy, but he's coming back. 
Um, but most of yeah, those he guys, was, he was excellent. I don't know if people remember that, you know, he was yeah. up over 800 yards in four straight years. And then uh, do you remember, you know, it was that opening game, I think in the 18 season, uh, you know, uh, actually it was, or was it 19? I don't know. It was 18. He dislocated, you know, he dislocated and broke his ankle in that miserable field in Miami. And, yeah, he hasn't been quite right. He, he, you know, re-injured that ankle again in 2019. Took the year off. You know, I don't know how much he has left in the tank, but you know, he was pretty, yeah, pretty he'll damn be good for fantasy. Two. Yes. Um, and then there's some restricted free agents, Tom, uh, who uh, I expect to get tendered. That being Tanyan, Anthony Ferkser, and Mo Ali Cox. Um, uh, th- those guys, I would expect their current teams will tender them. I'd be shocked if if, if Tanyan and Ferkser weren't back with their teams at least. Yeah, one other, you know, we, uh, Kyle Rudolph got cut recently. He's gonna, he's probably gonna throw a wrench in somewhere, but he's a guy that can still play a little bit. Uh, you know, we'll see where he gets thrown into the mix. But uh, you know, there, there's some lower end guys here, but. Uh, clearly Henry, Jonu Smith kind of headlined the class, and uh, Gerald Everett is kind of the exciting guy. You know, he's the guy, uh, you know, spend a late-round pick on, and, you know, he maybe he could be a guy that kind of breaks out this season, depending on if he lands in a good spot where he can be featured. Tom, that'll wrap it up here for our preview of the wide receiver and tight end free agency class. I hope you listen to this within, like, the next three days, because these podcasts are going to be completely irrelevant by, like, what 5 p.m on monday <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, why we wanted to get it out nice and early before the weekend yeah. so uh at least at the very least uh tom uh, unfortunately i don't think our dfs golf teams uh, managed to, <laughs> Spe- speaking to of making it the- to the weekend <laughs> uh yeah I-, I think it's over for us in that regard holy crap what a bloodbath out there um yeah our dfs golf teams are really bad right now but we're gonna we're hoping your your fantasy team, hoping your dynasty teams, let's put it that way, get some get some uh new new life with a with a positive movement or maybe a team that was expected to sign somebody doesn't and you're the, the guy you're holding on to gets increased value. That would be wonderful too. Tom, it's been great talking to you, my friend. Uh follow him on Twitter at Tom Brawley. Follow me on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Follow the site on Twitter at fantasypts. Go to fantasypoints.com. Pre-order that draft guide, Greg Cosell's profiles, Wes Huber's Debbie stuff. It's going to be fantastic. And make sure you sign up for the early bird special as well. For Tom Brawley, I am Joe Dolan. This has been an exceptionally long outro for this podcast. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.